0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this with my friend in maroon and white. Ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Actual games to talk about. Actual football. We don't have to speculate anymore. Mississippi State is 1-0 on the 2022 season. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks, for everybody, for for tuning in at supertalk.fm, at Super Talk TV, on your local Super Talk affiliate and your Super Talk app. I mean, there's a lot of places to tune in, is what I'm trying to tell you. Rhino over there in Studio X, he makes sure everything happens correctly and in order on this show. Otherwise, it would just be a free-for-all. Thank him, as always. And thank you guys, like I said, uh, for joining me. Good show lined up tonight. We'll look back at what happened at Davis-Wade Stadium. On Saturday night, not the weather part of it. We don't want to relive that in any way, shape, or form. But we will talk about the game, Mississippi State, uh, 49-23 win over the University of Memphis. We'll talk to my good friend and my podcast partner, Robbie Falk, in about 13 minutes uh, and get his thoughts on on this weekend coming up and on this team in general. And, of course, we'll look ahead to the weekend and the big trip out west to take on the University of Arizona, a much improved, as it seems, after week one Arizona team, uh, the Mississippi State will have to go face out there in the desert. But it was a 49-23 win for the Bulldogs in a game that, you know, from my my vantage point, looked almost exactly the way I thought it would going into it. And and I made this comment on the podcast, and obviously I don't have any way of backing this up. You're just going to have to trust me, I guess. But I I said that if State doesn't have the weather delay and they just play a normal, you know, three-and-a-half-hour game, I think that game is probably even more lopsided than it was. I think it may have been something like 56 to 10 or something like that. State was clearly, clearly better than Memphis, even more so than a year ago. And I know we said last week that, you know, State was the better team last year, but they made so many mistakes that it allowed Memphis the opportunities to win the game, which they took advantage of. In this game, State didn't make any mistakes and they didn't give Memphis any opportunities and they just ran up and down the field at will on them. Uh, throughout the game. Will Rogers was Will, was Will Rogers. 38-49, 450 yards, five touchdowns, one interception that if you go back and watch, don't think it was his fault. And, you know, if you're a guy like me who said, hey, Will Rogers is going to throw for 5,000 yards, well, you're off to a fantastic start. 450 yards passing in a game that, you know, State ran the ball more than it ever had under, uh, under Mike Leach. 34 rushes total. Now, four of those are Will Rogers, which means... Those are sacks. So let's take those off. But 30 rushing attempts uh, for Mississippi State and over 100 yards rushing, when you when you look at it from that that spectra, spectrum, uh, Dylan Johnson had a nice game: 14 carries, 67 yards, average almost five yards a carry. 30 rushes seems like a lot, to be totally honest with you. I thought, although there there were times in that game, State could have ran the ball even more. State could have easily had 40 rushing plays in this game uh, had they wanted, had they done things a little differently in their red zone offense. Time of possession is, an, is a stat. and Nowadays, time of possession can be a little bit overrated. It's not what it used to be. But I, I say this pretty often. When the time of possession is 41 minutes to 18 minutes, give me the team with 41 minutes. They probably won the game, and that's the case here. State, 41 minutes of time of possession. And it doesn't really matter that State's not a... Grind it out and running downhill kind of offense. If you're on defense and you're on the field for 41 minutes of the game, you're worn out, you're tired. And a team like Memphis just doesn't have the depth to stay fresh and keep guys out there who can compete down after down after down against a Mississippi State offense that's just staying on the field, that's just moving the chains almost at will. State was 11 of 13 converting third downs, had 32 first downs in the game, only five penalties. Only the one uh, turnover, which was uh, great for Mississippi State, the uh, the interception, like we said, that came early in the game. State did what we talked about last week. They got out to that fast start, a 14-0 lead. Uh, we're up at, at one point uh, 35-3. I mean, they just made it easy on themselves to win this game. They never let Memphis up off the mat. The one time Memphis kind of got back into the game and made it, you know, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but, you know, made it. Something where you had the thought, okay, well, if this happens and this happens, they could be back in it. State immediately gets the ball, drives right down the field, scores a touchdown to make it forty two to sixteen. State played about as well as they I think they're capable of playing against an opponent that they're outmatched again, they're outmatched against. or they they that they outmatched in that way. Um, they let off the gas in the third quarter. There's no question about that. You can watch the game and you can just tell they weren't playing with the same energy that they had in those first two quarters when they wanted to make sure they had the game in hand. But I don't think you could have drawn it up much better for Mike Leach. Got through the game healthy, no major injuries, threw the ball well, ran the ball pretty well, spread the ball around 12 different receivers with a catch, nine different receivers with at least three catches. Uh, And and of the ones who didn't have but one catch, Austin Williams is one, and that's a guy that we've been saying, you know, you know he's going to have more catches than that. You know he's not going to be a guy with only 15, 20 catches. I'd bet anything he's a guy with 50, 60 catches when we get at the end of the year. So State did a lot of good things. Played a lot of players. You saw some new faces. You finally got to see Simeon Price out there. Uh, you saw the uh, the Georgia transfer, Justin Robinson, with a touchdown catch late in the game. To Lou Griffin, a guy we've been saying needs to get the ball more. Five catches. Starville's own, the pride of the Yellow Jackets, Rufus Harvey. Five catches for him. Ra-Ra Thomas, five catches for him. So State got the ball to its big-time playmakers. They got the ball to Caleb ducky, thir- three catches, seventy-three yards, including a thirty-five-yard uh, touchdown pass. That was, you know, one of the better thrown balls of the night. Will Rogers, little, you know, not, not as afraid to push the ball down the field. Averaged nearly twelve yards per completion. I'm just telling you that if you check the boxes, they're all checked for Mississippi State in this game. State did everything it wanted to do in this game. And probably a little bit more. I think they may have played a little bit better than even I thought they were going to play in this game. And I had State winning this game big. If you remember uh, if you remember last week, I think I said 41-17. Uh, so I was pretty close on the score, but I, I thought it might be a late Memphis touchdown to really make it look a little closer. But I thought State was, was great in this game from start to finish. They could have, you know, I, and again, I, I think if you just played a regular game, they close a little stronger. It, it, it's just human nature. You've been in your uniform, you know, at that point – six, seven hours, it just wears on you at some point, I would imagine. So good start to the season for the Bulldogs, 1-0 on the season. And when you talk to Mike Leach and you talk to Will Rogers and this team, they say the same thing, okay, we want to be 1-0 each week. You know, And that's something I talk about a lot. I say that you know, each week is its own season in terms of why you should look at it and how you should project it. And so the goal will be to be 1-0 again this week when State heads out to Arizona, an Arizona team that, quite frankly, you know, has been terrible the past two seasons, but they got their season off to a good start with a win over a San Diego State team that you know, I know they lost some players, but they won 12 games a year ago. I don't think when we when we, we kicked off on uh, on Saturday that a lot of people had Arizona winning this game, and certainly not winning it in the in the fashion they did. They were they were pretty good, you know, on the verge of being dominant, you could say. Um, really did a nice job in that game. So this is a game that you know, all of a sudden. It's a little more interesting. Now, the guys out in Vegas don't think it's too interesting. State's a double-digit favorite in this game. They're, they're a 10.5 last time I checked. Honestly, that feels about right. I feel like Mississippi State, if they play the way they played against Memphis, clean, no turnovers, minimal penalties, able to run the football, Rodgers completing passes and moving the ball, converting on third downs, doing all those, those things that they need to do, if they're doing that, they're going to win this game pretty easily. If they don't, and they play like they did against Memphis last year, and my podcast partner, Robbie Falk, who, like I said, we're just about to talk to, he made a really good point. He felt like last year the state was looking ahead to LSU when they played Memphis, and it showed on the field. Of course, next week, Mississippi State at LSU, and you know the players all saw the way that game went down Sunday night. State looking ahead again, that will be a problem for them because Arizona is more than capable here of pulling off the upset if State makes mistakes, if State turns the ball over, if they get penalized, and if they can't be as efficient on offense as they were this week against Memphis, they could be in real trouble. But if they play clean, if State plays its A game, they're going to win. They're going to win pretty easily and set up that big game down in Baton Rouge uh, next weekend. So very very good start to the season for the Bulldogs, the kind that they would have liked to have had They would have told you about before the game. That's pretty much what they got. So Mike Leach and company, pretty happy. Although it was interesting. Mike Leach comes out and tells us, yeah, I thought Will played maybe one of his best best games. Will Rogers comes out and tells you, I don't think I played well at all. So, you know, you've got that coach-quarterback relationship that I think you want uh, if you're Mississippi State. And if if you're Mike Leach and and Will Rogers, you you can tell they're playing off of each other uh, really well. So, all right. When we come back, Robbie Falk will join us. He is my podcast partner on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Covers Mississippi State for 27 sports, 24-7 sports. When I say 27 sports, I just invented a new company. And, of course, also for the Starville Daily News here uh, in the city of Starville. So be great to talk to him, although I do it every day. But I just can't get enough of that guy. He's just the best. He's also sitting right here, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to butter him up a little bit. He's in studio with me. We'll be talking to him when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. We're back here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever missed the show, it's available wherever you get podcasts in the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, which, of course, is available to you on Spotify, on Apple, and, of course, you can always just go to supertalk.fm and find the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Five days a week of MSU Talk with this man, Robbie Falk, co-host of the Thunder and Lightning podcast. All-around nice guy. Look at, look at this headshot we put of him up here. He's, he's so handsome. Is it my Twitter picture? Yes. Okay, so that does that, that does not uh, adequately uh, give you credit for the flow you have right now. Completely different look. Yeah. Completely different look. Yes. You 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 look like a like a like a rock star who is like, I'm, I'm not
1: touring this year, but I'm still going to grow it out a little. That's right. And Brian, you know this show has been basically thunder for the last it month has. or so. It has. Now this is. The real thunder and lightning, right yes, here. Yes, we have, and we will definitely have you on pretty often, as often
0: as you're willing to come on. Uh, once we as, we as we as we roll along here, I had to get some, you know, a couple of VIP guests to start yeah. things off. You know,
1: yeah, you get. I mean, you got to get interest in the show first, right? Right. And now before you, before you throw before you bring in the the you know, the, the trash, you the, the
0: wet blanket. Yeah. All right, Mississippi State, Memphis. Let's look back at it real quick. First question here: Did you agree with what I had to say that from a if you were to script it out for Mississippi State, that's they pretty much checked all the boxes of what they wanted to see happen Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I mean, that first possession especially was as good as it gets from a script standpoint. Marched down the field, Will Rogers was perfect, um, converted a third down, I think, on that drive, scored a touchdown, and then you come out and you get a stop on three and out. Or, um They might have gotten a first down, I can't remember on that first possession, but got them off the field. It was, the, it was the perfect start, and you had to go off script a little bit with a lightning delay. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you spend all this time getting ready for a football game and getting ready to hit somebody that's not your teammates, and after one possession, you were going to the locker room for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So that was tough to overcome, but I thought State handled that really well. They came right back out of the locker room, scored another touchdown, and I, I thought they were kind of off to the races from there. I, I thought the performance for two-and-a-half quarters was one of the best for for Michael each since he's been here. Uh, When you consider the offense and the defensive side of the ball, the defense gave up 40 yards in the first seven possessions, gave up two first downs. Mm -hmm. The offense scored 35 points, I think, had one possession that threw an interception, but other than that, near perfect. Mm -hmm. So the first two-and-a-half quarters were just – Phenomenal for Mississippi State, and there was there was a bump in the road there, but the game as a whole, mm-hmm. I think, was really good. You mentioned the defense, and I didn't really
0: talk about the defense in, in the first segment there, but as you said, I, I think at one point when Memphis scored, they had a 50-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. That was their first touchdown of the game. That nearly doubled. Their total offense, and I mean this is mid third quarter, and they had 107 yards of total offense. They finished with under 300 yards of offense. This is an offense that we feel pretty confident will will go on an average 400 500 yards a game when they get into AAC play. Here, let's, let's let's discuss that MSU defense. They weren't necessarily very flashy. Not a lot of big plays. You know, only forced the one turnover. But from a just being solid standpoint, they were definitely that.
1: Yeah, especially the first team. You know, mm-hmm. That. That first touchdown came on several second-teamers in the game. And then the last two, I think, were basically the backups as well. And when you say, well, that's, that's that depth you guys are talking about. They're supposed to be just as good as the starters. I mean, there is going to be a little bit of a drop-off from the second team and the first team. So, But as, as far as the first team is concerned, they were nearly flawless. They had um, that one possession, the two-play drive or whatever it was, where they got in the end zone first, and there there were some first-teamers out there. But for the most part, that group was really good. I, I thought the defense played really well in the game. And let's be honest, in the second half, there were 20,000 fans there, if that. At best, yeah. 15,000, 20,000 fans. It was you know, 11 o'clock at night. That said, they were into the game. They were. They were. But you look up there in the stands and you see more empty seats than you see people. Mm-hmm. There's gonna and you go up thirty five to three. I mean, I thought State played with a lot of intensity after the lightning delay to get that big lead, but mm-hmm. you're not going to keep that same intensity no. all game in a thirty five to three ball game. No.
0: Now we look ahead to this game against Arizona. A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you made the comment that for State it was just going to be about getting a win, and I disagreed with you at the time. I said, you know, I think. When you look at a team like Arizona that has only won uh, one game in their last 16, you should expect to go out there and win that game pretty easily. And then this Saturday happens, when we've watched Arizona, and they, they look totally different. They have the Pac-12 offensive and defensive player of the week. They hit up the transfer portal. You know We've talked so much about Ole Miss this, this offseason in the transfer portal. Arizona kind of did the same thing and really reshaped their roster. Their quarterback from Washington State was recruited by Mike Leach, so we can add that to the storyline pile. This is a very different Arizona team. I think I've come around to your line of thinking that, you know, it'll be good enough just to win. That being said, state has the capability of making this another easy win.
1: Yeah, they they are the more talented roster. Mm-hmm. You play in the SEC, you're going up against uh, you know mid tier to lower level Pac-12 team, which is where Arizona is in the last few years, and you should have the upper hand. And we talked about it on the podcast. Hopefully, everybody goes and listens to that um, today. But you know state's going to have the advantage on the lines of scrimmage and that's where you win and lose ball games um, if they take care of the football if they're if they're executing at a high level on offense they should win this ball game all things equal all things considered they sh- they are the better team and uh, you know i think that this is a dangerous game for mississippi state sandwiched in between the memphis game that everybody was looking forward to and the lsu game that's coming up next week it's a trap game. It is. I've compared it to Memphis last year, mm. so I think that there there's certainly some red flags there that this game's looking like, you know, a upset, possible a possible upset pick. But I think if State plays clean, re, at least relatively clean, mm. they should win this game. Did anything?
0: You know, I think your prediction for State prior to the season was seven and five. Mine was eight and four. Did anything? You
1: see anything in Week One that made you think maybe you're a little low? Yeah, and I can't remember on the media picks mm-hmm. if I'd like come back around to eight wins, mm-hmm. but I bounced back and forth to seven or eight wins. Mm-hmm. If they I th- I think if they win the first three games, mm-hmm. they're going to win nine. Well, we both have them losing that LSU game. Yes. So I, that would definitely change my prediction. Yeah. I think they would win nine games at least if they get if they win that LSU game and they win obviously this week as well, but a lot can happen from there. I want to see Mississippi State show that consistency. And execution that they showed against Memphis uh, you don't you, you can't have a game like they had last year against Memphis this week right. they've got to come out and take care of business I, and I think that they will I think that this team is is different than it was last year I think they'll be focused in you got a lot of veterans on this team this team just seems when you talk to these players they just seem to be locked in at this point point. and I think that's I think that's the key I think the the talent is there the offense is capable of doing big things. The defense is capable of doing big things. They just have to execute and make sure that they treat every game the same.
0: Can Will is, Did Will Rogers play as well as he's capable of playing Saturday night? Is there another level for Will, for Will Rogers?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think there is. I, and, he, and he was very upset post-game. Which was crazy, I thought. He was not happy. He was not happy coming in there post-game. Because there were some plays left out there on the field, and he he knew it. There were some throws, and I I talk about it all the time. I feel like we put a big microscope on him, as all SEC quarterbacks have on them. But, uh, you know, there were a few plays. There was a pass, you know, to Jameer Calvin. If it's in front of him, he might might have a 60-yard touchdown thrown behind him, and it's a 12-yard catch. Those are passes that he wants back, those turnovers that he has. He wants back had a career-high passing, and could have played much better. I think that tells you where he is in this offense right now. Only got
0: about maybe 60, 60 to 90 seconds left. When you look at the SEC as a whole, where do you put Mississippi State?
1: I think right now they're middle of the pack. But there's a chance to, to continue to move up. I I just Brian, we've talked about it all offseason. We think this team's really good. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they're you know 10-win good, but last year they could have won 10 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Leach is capable of beating teams he's not supposed to beat, as good as just about anybody at at that level of doing that. Um, The key for Mississippi State this year and the key to staying, you know, middle of the pack in the SEC into the upper echelon is to make sure that you don't have any letdowns. You cannot lose to a team like Arizona. You can't go out against Bowling Green or somebody like that and lose. Um, So this team has got to win all the games they're supposed to win, and then spring some upsets here, and that—that's where you start to get these special seasons. That 2014 team, mm-hmm. they beat everybody they were supposed to beat, and then they, you know, they lost a couple of games, got a big, got some big upsets. That's what this team's got to do if they want to start climbing up towards the top.
0: I think they have the capability of, of springing those upsets too. We just have to see. And honestly, if State, you know, continues to play at the level they're playing at, they may not be upsets by the time you get to those games. And so. Long way to go in this season, but stayed off to a fantastic start. Robbie Falk, you can hear him, he and I, every weekday on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. And, of course, check him out on 24-7 Sports as well. Robbie, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, sir. Anytime. (laughs) All right, we'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. here. This is Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for tuning in. Mississippi State converting some folks out there. Not to, not from being Ole Miss fans to being Mississippi State fans. I don't think anybody's going that far. But Matthew in Oklahoma, Texas, now just a couple weeks ago, or just about a week ago, I should say, uh, he texted us on Sports Talk Mississippi and said, "Here's a question: How is Mississippi State a 16 and a half point favorite over Memphis? Did Memphis lose a lot of players? He thought that that game was going to be a lot closer." Today he texts us on Thunder and lightning and says, after watching state play, I can't see how they're only a 10- point favorite in Arizona. I mean Matthew, I mean, I see what you're saying. I, I think I think the biggest reason that state's not a bigger favorite is there's two is one, it's the trip. If this game was being played in Louisiana or Alabama against Arizona. Then it would be one thing, but a trip like this, state, you know, having to go across the country and play a football game at ten o'clock at night local time—it's it's going to be a tough, a tough assignment. But I think the other thing is Mike Leach and the 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 legacy of Mike Leach. You heard Robbie just talk about—he always, you know, he wins games he's not supposed to win, and he's right. You know, Mike Leach is good for an upset almost every year. State had the game against Texas A&M last year, the game against Kentucky last year—they were not favored in those games, and they found a way to win. Auburn, same way. Um, but they always find a way to lose a game they shouldn't lose, and that was Memphis a season ago. And when you look at Mississippi State's schedule, all right, let's 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 sort of break it down. Bowling Green and East Tennessee State, which is an FCS school, those are the only two non-conference games remaining after this weekend, right? And all due respect to those teams, but State's going to beat those teams. If they don't, they have, I would be flabbergasted. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but we're going to go with it. Flabbergasted. And then you have all the SEC games. Well, you can't with a straight face, unless you're the biggest Mississippi State homer alive, which I'm not, despite what some of y'all want to think about me on the text line. But I mean, you look at LSU, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and, and uh, who do I leave out, Auburn. I mean, Auburn is probably the closest thing to a game where I would say states that a, a shoe-in favorite. Everything else states a toss-up or they're, they're going to be the underdog. So you can't label those games as games state should have won, at least not here in week two. This is the one. This is the only game on the schedule you can label as, well, Leach lost the game he shouldn't have. This is the game that he should have won, but he didn't. This is the only one. And you're going to be walking into a a stadium. I mean, they don't host a lot of SEC teams. I went back and looked. 2003 was the last time an SEC team played uh, in Tucson. It was the team that won the national title that year, the LSU Tigers. Not that I'm making a correlation. So you're gonna have, a, I think you have a good crowd. You know, a, a, an eight o'clock local kickoff, which means the heat of the day should have passed. I'm sure Jason will let us know more about the the weather situation out there. You should have a crowd that's very excited after watching their team and the way they played, and knowing it's a new look team. It's not the same old same old team. This is a bunch of new faces. A second year coach who you know looks like he's got his program turning in the right direction. We talked about fast starts a week ago. Even more important on the road. You've got to get this crowd out of the game. My guess is they're going to be very excited early on. Mississippi State, an SEC team, anytime an SEC team travels out of conference, it's going to be a big deal. It doesn't matter who that team is, You know, all the way down to Vanderbilt. When the SEC shows up, people get excited. And so if you give away points early, and you let that crowd continue to stay in the game, it's going to be a problem for you. What State needs to do is, is exactly what happened a week ago. You win the toss, take the ball, put your offense on the field, drive down the field, make it 7-0, and go from there. Then you get you know—get the ball, or you kick, kick off, defense forces a punt, get the ball again, go back down the field, and now it's 14 nothing. and now at this point everybody's sitting on their hands. That's going to be the key for Mississippi State. In this one, I think one of the things I'm, I'm looking at for me, I think that up front is where state has the biggest advantage on both sides of the ball. Mike Leach, I mentioned this on Sports Talk Mississippi earlier. Mike Leach did an interview recent uh, earlier this week with John Kenzano, who is a longtime Pac-12 uh, correspondent, and he, the thing he talked about in that interview was. You know, in the SEC versus the Pac-12, everybody's got skill position guys, right? Everybody's got great receivers and great running backs, guys who are fast can go get the ball. The SEC dominates because they have talent in the trenches that they don't have in the Pac-12. When you, if you watch the uh, the Georgia Oregon game, and that's a pretty good example. And what I mean by that is this: the gap between Georgia and Oregon, or Georgia and Mississippi State, is probably about probably about as great as the gap between Oregon and, Ari- and Arizona. Georgia won that game because Oregon could not stay on the line of scrimmage with them. Their offensive linemen were escorting the defenders down the field, just pushing them at will. And then on the other side of the ball, Oregon couldn't block anybody. State should have that kind of advantage over Arizona on the line of scrimmage. Arizona doesn't see defensive linemen like Cam Young and Nathan Pickering and Jordan Davis on a weekly basis, whereas Mississippi State sees those guys every week in the SEC. On the offensive line, yeah, like I said, it's not a running game, but holding the ball the way State does, that's one of the great misconceptions about the air raid is that it's this quick strike and you know, you're know you not on the field very very often. State is a great time of possession team. They hold on to the football. And when you're going up against that big offensive line of Mississippi State, it's going to wear you out. And, and Arizona is a team, they don't have the same kind of depth on the defensive front that we've been talking about with Mississippi State. They don't go... 6 7 guys deep where they feel confident in those in those reserves. They just don't have that kind of depth. So, when you can win on the line of scrimmage, you're kind of halfway home. Now, I think both quarterbacks in this game are very good. We all know about Will Rogers, but Jaden De- Delora, I mentioned it uh a second ago, was recruited to play at Washington State by Mike Leach, so he's going to have, you know, Obviously, he's going to be a good quarterback, going to have the ability to throw the football and, and be uh, smart with his decision-making. Transfer from Washington State to Arizona this, this past offseason. Now he's the reigning Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. He's got a big-time target, uh, target out there in Jacob Cowing, who's a transfer wide receiver from UTEP. Mississippi State was after him in the transfer portal, tried to get him here to Starkville. He ends up choosing Arizona. He had a big game last week. They've got a running back from uh from Auburn. You might remember D.J. Williams, good running back out there. They've got some pieces there uh, at the skill positions. What they don't have overall is that depth on the offensive line, so we'll see. Hunter in Columbus says, I'm not, not going to be worried about State if they only win 35-21. I feel like State will win 42-17, but Arizona people saying this is close to a sellout and it's a late game. Arizona fans are going to show up for this. I, I certainly think they will. They should be excited. I do believe their program is going in the right direction, um, and bringing an SEC team in—that's that's a big thing. You know, it's it's kind of interesting because next year, when they're in Starkville, nobody's going to look at it and go, "Oh, Arizona's coming." We're going to go to that game. You know, you, next year will be more about Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss coming to Starkville uh, than anything else. And Southern Miss, Southern Miss will have a bigger crowd uh, than 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 the Arizona game next year. Uh, Jason, our friend in Flagstaff, so this is a good point for anyone coming out, planning on touring the desert during the day and then going to the game. It will get cold fast after dark. It will feel cold, I mean, despite the temperature still showing 80-ish. I mean, I would imagine that's the case when you're talking about a a temperature drop of, what, 25 degrees? You think about being in Mississippi and it goes from 90 to 65, you'd you'd feel cold. So in in Arizona, when it's 105, if it goes to 80, you're going to feel cold. I get that. makes makes a lot of sense. What I don't think will be cold is Mississippi State's offense. I feel like they're going to continue to roll. Even if this game goes does not go Mississippi State's way, I don't feel like it's going to be the offense's fault. I feel like they'll move the football pretty pretty well against Arizona. I would put Rodgers down for another 400 passing yards, and then it's going to be a question of how many uh, touchdowns does he throw. He threw five this past week, which, by the way, don't forget, what a, one of the great things about college football this year, his NIL deal, which uh, that made $5,000 for Make-A-Wish through Will Rogers. And I, like I said a few weeks ago, I think they're going to end up cutting a check for about $40,000 uh, to Make-A-Wish when this is all said and done. That's a great deal, great part of college football. We, we hear so much negativity around NIL. This is a deal that's getting it done. We'd we'll really like to see that. But I think you'll have a big game. I think you see State sort of trim down that receiver rotation a little bit in this game. Ra Ra Thomas, Tulu Griffin, Rufus Harvey, Caleb Ducking, Jaden Wally, Austin Williams – Maybe one more guy in there. Maybe it's Jameer Calvin, you know, who he should have some experience playing against Arizona. Um, maybe it's Justin Robinson who had the touchdown catch late in that game. I don't know. But, you know, I think you go from 12 guys to, to eight a little bit in, in in this game. Mike Lee just had a lot of success, by the way, against Arizona. Played him six times. He's four and two. Two of those losses, his offense scored 35 points or above. The defense just didn't, didn't get the job done. Both times Arizona was over 50 points. I will be pretty surprised if this Mississippi State defense gives up 50 points. I don't think they'll give up that uh, half of that uh, in this game. Everything points towards a Mississippi State win, and I get that. That can be dangerous. We'll see how it goes. We've got our playmakers, and we've got our prediction when we come back on Thunder and Lightning. Will Mississippi State move to 2-0 and in the season, or is it an upset alert, and I'm worried that this is the game for Leach where, oh, well, he should have won. I'll tell you when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. <laughs> here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, if you miss the show or if you just love Mississippi State sports, subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. You get five days a week of the Thunder and Lightning podcast. You get this show. Uh, You'll get the Thunder and Lightning post-game show, which I do every Saturday night after the game, which I literally cannot wait for this week when we have a 2.30 a.m. Central Time start. For the post game show, I can't wait to see what you sickos come up with. Should be exciting. But all of that's available to you wherever podcasts uh, are, wherever you're getting your podcasts from, or you can just go to Supertalk.fm and find them there. Who's going to stand out in this game for Mississippi State as they take on Arizona and try to get to two and zero? I am going to enact the Will Rogers rule. The numbers are just going to be good every week for Will Rogers, so there's just no point in picking him as the the offensive guy to look at. So I, I got to go with a receiver, and I'll be honest with you. I saw enough last week from Ra Ra Thomas to make me think that he's going to be the guy this year. That that sort of takes the the role that Makai Polk had a season ago. He's going to be the go to guy. It seems like he gets into the end zone every game. He's got the good combination of speed and size. He just looks like an SEC wide receiver in everything that he does. Um, I think he'll have a big game here. This could be a hundred-yard game for him as they continue to try to find him more. And as I think, as I, as I said, Mississippi State, I think it's going to pare down that rotation a little bit. You won't see as many guys coming in and out. Uh, so between you know Ra Ra and then Tulu Griffin, who played, they play the same position. Last week they combined for ten catches. It could be closer to fifteen catches. Uh, This week for those two guys. But I think Ra Ra has the bigger day of the two, and I I would put him down to get into the end zone because why not at this point? He seems to do it almost every week. Um, And then defensively, you know, I feel like they're going to, Arizona's going to try to, you know, be aggressive in the passing game the way they were last weekend. So maybe I need to look into the secondary, or do I want to look for a pass rusher? That's something that State wasn't really able to do against Memphis is get to the quarterback. They 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 had pressure, but they only had the one sack in the game. This week I feel like they're going to get a little bit more pressure and, and maybe get into the backfield a little bit more. So let's go with a defensive lineman. Let's go with uh let's go with Jordan Davis. Uh now that he's back, you know, fully recovered from that ACL tear from a season ago, um, I think he, you know, he's ready to start making his mark on the SEC. I think he's an outstanding football player. And you know when he's healthy, he can be a difference maker. Uh, for Mississippi State. So let's see if he can get a sack this week. I would put him down as a as a defensive uh, playmaker. And then for the X factor, you know, we talk about a player. The X factor, when we talk about that on the podcast, is a player, not necessarily the offensive or defensive player of the game, but who could make maybe one or two big plays that make a difference uh, for Mississippi State. I'm going to go to special teams here and not not to Griffin. We didn't get to see our, our guy, Massimo Biscardi, uh, kick a field goal last week, only extra points. I feel like in this game, State will have to put him out on the field to, to attempt a field goal or two. Uh, so in that, in that instance, he needs to be able to deliver uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, last year, it, we, we, we've talked about a couple times with this Memphis game a season ago, one of the things that killed them was just they didn't have any faith in the field goal kicking. And it, it, it cost them in that game because they lost by two, and they could have easily had a couple of field goals, and they, they went for two one time because they didn't feel confident kicking an extra point, and you lose the game by two points. So Viscardi coming in, getting his first field goal of the season, and getting some confidence will be very, very big for him. For As far as the prediction goes, last week I, I think some people may have raised an eyebrow at me because I, I said I thought State was going to win so easily, but they did. And I feel like State's going to win easily again. It's. I can't make a prediction and sit here and tell you, oh, I think State's going to turn the ball over four times and have nine penalties. I, I feel like I just have to look at it. Hey, if State plays as well as it's capable of playing, and Arizona plays as well as it's capable of playing, who wins the game? And that's, that's going to be Mississippi State. State will score points, and I think defensively they'll be able to hold Arizona down for the most part. Maybe a late touchdown or a late score that makes it a little more, a little more interesting. But I think State covers on this game. If you're thinking about making a trip over to, uh, to Philadelphia or down to the coast or, or up to uh, the Tunica area wherever you want to go, I, I, I think the, the Bulldogs will cover in this game. I'm going to say 38-20. Mississippi State gets the win over Arizona and moves to 2-0 and in the season. And then next week, huge game. Mississippi State, LSU in Tiger Stadium. The last time State was down there, we all know what happened. No word if Bo Polini is going to get a one-week contract, although Mississippi State fans would sure like to see him uh, call in defense for the Tigers again next week. But I have State 38-20 over Arizona in this game, and they will move to 2-0 on the season. So uh, two more podcasts this week. We'll have our Thursday show. I have an interview with Michael Lev on that, uh, from the uh, Arizona Daily Star, great insight into the Wildcats. Listen to that tomorrow and, of course, Friday, Friday's uh, podcast preview Playmaker Predictions with me and Robbie Falk. Subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed if you haven't already. Thanks for tuning in this week. I always appreciate it, you guys. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll be back with you next week for Thunder and Lightning as Mississippi State and LSU get ready to go tangle in Death Valley. Talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks for listening. This has been Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Fire!